0: of the lord to touch our hearts and touch our lives and uh, uh we'll get out of this service exactly what we put into it and so let's we'll give it our all and i believe god will give us his all and show himself mighty uh let's stand together for your will and let's go to the lord in prayer and just invite his presence in this service in our worship time as we sing to him Just let us let go and let God have his way in our hearts and lives tonight. Father God, we come to you, Lord, again, and to thank you, Father, for another privilege, another opportunity to gather together in your house in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For your word declares that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst. And we thank you for that. The Holy Spirit. We thank you for being here tonight as well. We thank you that you're here to minister to hearts and to lives, to touch us, to lift us up, to strengthen us, to challenge and stir and motivate us, Father God, in our walk for you, that we live lives that will bring honor and glory and praise. Your name, Holy Spirit, have your way in every part of this service tonight. Anoint our singing. And as we worship you, Lord, may we worship you truly in spirit and in truth. And just let our hearts sing forth and, and praise you with all that is within us for our Lord God you are always worthy of all of our praise and Lord in everything may your holy and divine will be done Father in Jesus name we pray Amen. Remain standing and let's join Sister Julie as she leads us tonight.
1: Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand i want to be standing on your side holding your hand so let your kingdom come let it live in me this is my prayer this is my plea let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters see i'm surrendering my Oh, I surrender to the King. Yes, Lord. And Father, I hear it growing louder—the song of Your redeemed, as the saints of every nation our awakening to sing and from our hearts there comes an anthem oh hear the heavens ring this is our song song to our king let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters sing yes I'm surrendering my hope I surrender to the king, let the worshipers arise, let the worshippers arise Let the sons and the daughters see I'm surrendering my whole I surrender to the king Oh sing it one more time let the worshippers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Yes, I'm surrendering my whole. I surrender to the King. I'm surrendering, Lord. I'm surrendering my whole surrender to the King. I surrender to the King. I surrender to the King. Can we sing? And Jesus, you are my King. Jesus, you Surrender to Him, Jesus. You are my King. Jesus, You are my King. Jesus, You are my King. Jesus, You. words the worshippers arise, let the sons and the daughters sing, oh, we surrender, I'm surrendering my all, I surrender to the King. surrender Lord we surrender God to your will we surrender Lord hallelujah thank you Father thank you Jesus touched the hem of your garment, and I have felt the leading of your hand. But today my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great higher. And more of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory in this place. More of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory. Touched the helm of his garment and I have felt the leading of his hands and today my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great high. More of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory in this place. More of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory. Jesus more of your face more of your glory in this place more of your Jesus more of your face more of your glory in More of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory in this place. More of you, Jesus, more of your face, more of your glory in this
0: Father God, we come to you tonight. We thank you. Lord, your word declares that if we will draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. Lord, as we think about that song, more of you, Lord, more of your face for Father when we can sense seeing you face to face when we sense your glory in our hearts and in our lives and surrounding and enveloping us we know that you are truly in this place Father God I thank you that you are in this place tonight Holy Spirit have your way have your way Lord, help us to stand aside, help us just to, to back away from, from what we want to do. But Lord God, you do through your spirit tonight what you desire to do. Not just in the hearts and lives of these that are here, Lord, tonight, but in the hearts and lives of those that will uh, see this or, or hear this. And Lord, maybe even in the future from now, sometime from now, may your spirit touch their heart and touch their life. Touch their soul, touch their body, touch their mind, Lord God. Touch their circumstances and their situation, Father. And help them to know that they know that they know that it is taken care of, that it is well, that it is well with my soul that you, Lord God, are enveloping us in your most holy, divine presence and Father for it all we give you praise and we give you honor and glory we worship and adore you Father for it all comes from you it is all from your hand it is all from your presence and we thank you for it Father we thank you for it Hallelujah Hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. I think the Lord has some things in store tonight, brother. Dennis, Sister Julie, thank you so much. I know you get told this a lot, Sister Julie, but your songs just, you and the Lord, are, yes, ma'am, I understand. I totally understand, but I, I appreciate your your willingness to do what he wants to do. I Yeah, that first song couldn't have fit my message any better if we'd have collaborated. But the Lord was collaborating with us, wasn't he? And that's how it ought to work, church. God will collaborate with us. He will use us. She has no idea what I'm fixing to talk about tonight, and I had no idea what song she was going to sing, but they fit. But, you know, it's just, it really just, the Lord knows how to orchestrate things, even simple things, and I'm glad that he does. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just give him praise. Father God, words are not enough to declare how good it is to experience your holy presence. Lord, we honor you. We give you all of the praise and the honor. Lord, we worship you from the very depth of our heart. Lord, for God, you have made us and not we ourselves. You cause all things to work together for good to those that love you. You, Lord God, orchestrate and control the heavens. You created this great universe by the word of your mouth. And it stays and it stays in its place and in its orbits and all of its functions just like you designed it to do. And Lord, so can your church. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't God good? All the, time. All the time. Amen. Before I forget, there's a I want to remind you of a couple of things coming up. Um, I will go ahead and mention one of these. Uh, most of our young people are down in the youth building with Brother Chasen tonight. But uh, the youth are going to Youth Fest uh, at Discovery Church in Yukon, um, I doesn't if it says on here I can't read what when it is, but sometime probably in October I think is when it is, but. Um, October 14th and 15th, my wife tells me, so thank you. Um, their registration, and they need, uh, they have, for those that are going to need $80 due by September 28th, uh, let me encourage you, just ask the Lord uh, if there's some young person that maybe would like to go that can, is not able to, that if the Lord would just laid on your heart uh, to uh, talk with Brother Chasen about that and, and help them out, and uh, I believe it will be good for them. Uh, it will help them, hopefully help them to grow and develop as Christians like the Lord wants us to. So let's remember that as well uh, and just pray about it. Ask the Lord what you could do or what he would have you to do uh, that we can help see our young people uh, continue to grow and develop in the Lord. Uh, we had three of them, if you weren't here Sunday morning, we had three young people got water baptized after the end of service this last Sunday morning. So we need to continue praying for them, holding them up, and uh, in our prayers that they will continue to grow and develop in the Lord. This Saturday, uh, for primetimers, well, how old do you have to be? You can be as old or as young as you want to be. It doesn't matter to us. But we're meeting uh, this Saturday. Uh, Saturday at noon in the fellowship hall. It's Italian potluck and games. So bring your games. You've joined a game. Just bring your conversation, and you can talk and visit amongst each other, or play games or whatever. It'd be a good time, and we'd love to have you. And, and just invite you to come and and fellowship together and, and pray together if we have to, you know. But well no not if we have to but if something comes up you know sometimes things come up and we need to be praying for things and so uh, we want to be we want to be open and available to God whenever we get together to be able to minister it's all about ministering fellowship is good but it's about ministering to the hearts and lives of each other being a strength being an encouragement to each other so we invite you to come and, and join us and, and we'll, we'll make, try to make as good a time as possible uh, for everyone so remember these uh, the announcements, uh, and uh, there is a uh, in the bulletin. There's still a few back there uh, there to sign up. There's a way to sign up for the church new church prayer list, uh, and then there is uh, the church office phone number and Chasen's phone number is on uh, the bulletin. If you need to call them to uh, put something on the prayer list, so uh, be aware of that. You can do that as well. All right. We want to go to the Lord in prayer. We want to take needs to the Lord tonight. Um, let's continue to remember uh, Linda McGahan and and uh, Chris and uh, uh, Brother Hubert's uh, wife and, and son and the rest of their family, their grandchildren, and all that uh, were involved. It sound like uh, I I never realized. Of course, you know when you're kind of not kind of knew you don't realize i didn't realize how long brother hubert had been in this area so most of his life it sounded like <laughs> so a lot of people knew him and uh, but let's just pray for the family uh, that the lord will be with them and guide them and direct them most of all give them his peace and his comfort uh, in their hearts and lives as well uh if you have your prayer list uh uh, they're handy. There's several on these that we want to continue remembering in prayer uh, in our hearts and lives tonight. Uh, when we finish praying, my wife has asked for those that will come. Uh, she wants to be anointed and prayed for for her back, and then also for her uh, sister. Uh, she is uh, her sister has a lot of of difficulties, medical difficulties, and they seem to be. <laughs> Uh, for lack of a better term they seem to be getting more and more of them (laughs) you know and it's got to be very disheartening to have to go through something like it. so uh, faith has asked those that will come and and we'll anoint her in a minute Uh, she's been having problems with her back the doctor says and I'm so I'm going to put this that she has a disc that has slipped out of place well I know a god that can put that back in place just like right now but she also has one spot between two of her vertebrae that's missing a disc. And we're, gonna, we're asking God to create a brand new one and put that brand new one in there. And I believe he can. If he can, if we see the things he did in in when he was on this earth, when Jesus was on this earth, he can still do it now. And we can testify to the healing power of God for His honor, for His glory, and His praise. And if you want, to, if there's somebody else here tonight you want to be anointed and pray for, we want to do that too. So uh, don't don't hesitate to come because we don't mind praying. I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe in asking God for what we what we know we need specifically. You know, when the doctor says, well, this is what I see wrong, this is the other thing I see wrong, Lord, you fix that. And, and I believe he can, and I believe he will. He's a God who heals us. He tells us that. So let's uh, remember these in our prayers tonight. Maybe you have a need that you'd like to mention, we can pray with you about. Sister Carol. You bet any time we want to hear praises. Glad you got to go and had a good time and the Lord was good. He's good all the time, and so we yes. always give him praise. Never yes. fail to give the Lord praise. Yes. Uh, all right, anyone else tonight? Sister Marla. That's so gonna be difficult. Uh, what's your brother's name? Is Marlon. Jerry. Jerry. Coachman Marla's brother Jerry. The Lord will touch these eyes and heal the, the blisters the doctor say there and just help him to be able to see. But blindness is—it's one of those things I'm not so sure I would want to have to go through. I think I. No, 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 no I won't even say that. <laughs> there's some things I'd want to. My, I, there's some things I would. If I had to, I'd choose to lose before I lost my sight. But I really don't want to lose any of my senses. Uh anyone else tonight? Uh Alan and Connor at Dukeville. He's not doing very good. Okay. Let's the last couple of days. All right, They're let's not even sure what's going on with him. Okay, let's remember Connor in our prayers as well. Uh and uh, I think as well uh face Faith what Ken is is Josh Black. Josh. Huh? Josh is, is Jennifer's Okay. Anyway, we, we've been praying for, for Josh Black. He, Sunday, last Sunday, somehow or another, his big electric wheelchair fell over with him, and they had to take him to the hospital. Uh, but the good Lord was good. Uh, he's sore, as far as they know, there was no, they, they kept him overnight, did an MRI, and did a lot of checking on him. Uh, to make sure of, because he's had a lot of problems with his back since he broke it. Uh, you know, and it's, and I think, hope, we believe that's in the process of healing. Yes. You know, but setbacks are not fun. Right. But uh, uh, this young man uh, has gone through a lot. But as far as we know, everything is fine. Yeah. Nothing is any worse than it was before it happened. So right. uh, I'm not sure he'd appreciate it if it never happened again. I'm, I cannot imagine what it would be, feel like to be. Helpless, and then you've got this big old chair that you're sitting in, and it starts it tips over. And you have <laughs> you have no control. That would be that would be frightening in and of itself, just that. But we thank the Lord for that that He made it through for me. All right. Anyone else? I, I I just want
1: to give a testimony on that. His Josh's father posted that Joshua in the ambulance ride. Was quoting scripture to his mother, even though he was in excruciating pain. He was just quoting one scripture after another that he has hidden in his heart, and that has been helping him as he's gone through everything in the last few years. And so, um, it's just a, a great testimony of his. Of
0: to me, it's encouraging, and you know, the faith that he has. That's right, and none of that. I'm sure he probably does it to uh, other people, so that they know it's he's, Jesus he's trusting. That's who we trust tonight, church. It's Jesus, and He never fails, amen. Let's stand again if you can and will, and let's pray. And after this, those that may want to come with faith, that want to come and be anointed, uh, we want you to come. And those that will come and pray uh, as we anoint, we want you to come as well. Father God, we come to you tonight, again, to thank you, Lord, because you are God. Lord, you are mighty in power. You are mighty in strength. You are mighty in everything that you do. Lord, you do all things well. Your word declares this. Lord, when you did creation, you looked at all that you had made and said it was very good. Lord God, we thank you that you are the God who heals us. We thank you that you are the God who delivers us. That you are the God who does in our hearts and lives and takes care of circumstances and situations that we do not always know how to take care of in ourselves. But Lord, we can go to you with whatever we're facing, and Father God, know that you hear us that you answer us and that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we are able to ask or think according to the power that works in us and according to your word Father, we bring these needs before you tonight. Father, asking you, Lord, to touch these on our prayer list that are sick in body. May your healing power and virtue go forth and touch and heal them, Lord, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. May your healing power, Lord, restore and recreate if necessary those things that are needed in these bodies. Uh, We pray for these tonight, Lord, that have been mentioned. We pray, Father God, for um, uh, Faith's sister uh, tonight. Lord, you know what Sheila's problems are. You know the things the doctors are saying. But Father, you are still greater than and bigger than all these situations put together, all of these diagnoses that have been made in her life. But Father, you are still God and you still heal and you still deliver. And we thank you for that. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving Sister Carol a good trip and a safe trip. Lord, and a pain-free trip that's able to go around and walk around, even if it's with a walker, Lord, but be able to go around and enjoy her time, Lord, uh, up in the northern part of the United States. And just thank you, Lord, that as she said, Lord, if she was in up in the thousands of feet in an airplane or down on the ground, you are always there. And it's good to know that your presence is with us. And we thank you. Lord, for that safety. We thank you, Father God, for touching in these other requests, Lord, for touching Josh Black and continuing to minister to him. Lord, touch Jerry tonight. Father, we ask you, Lord, to reach down your hand. Father, to touch these eyes. Lord, it does not matter what caused the blisters. You know what the cause is. And Father, right now, we ask you to heal his eyes in the name of Jesus that these blisters heal up and go away and the cause of them be cast out of his body. Lord, that he be touched and healed and made whole, uh, Father God, and that he will have good sight and, and excellent eyesight, Lord, in his heart and in his life. Father, guide and direct us in all, Lord, that we do help us to honor you with the lives that we live, Father, and may you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise for all things for you still, Lord, do all things well, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Those that come and join us for... Thank you, Lord, to be able to be able to be able to tell of the good things God is doing and has done is highly uh, it's highly important, but it's also a testimony to others, believers and non-believers alike, how good God is and how great He is in our hearts and in our lives. When uh, I thought about this message tonight, uh, the Lord gave me the title and I'm going, really, Lord? (laughs) I thought, that's, you know, that's kind of odd, but, you know, he always knows what he's doing. And then when Sister Julie had us sing that song, there's a line drawn in the sand. (laughs) It's like he's going, "Uh uh-huh. I know what I'm doing <laughs> and so we, we, we can trust him uh, with that and understand that what he is doing is right. The title of my message tonight is called The Threat of Christianity. And it sounds like, you know, do what? But how many of you know tonight that Christianity is a threat to somebody? we all know who he is. But we have a Savior. We have a Redeemer who is, helps us with that and helps us, if you don't mind my saying so, helps us to be a threat to the enemy. Amen. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, very familiar portion of Scripture to us. And there was a question I asked God about this, and I've thought about why it happened the way it did, but I think I may have a clue, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and you and the Lord talk it over and (laughs) see what what you come up with, because I'm not going to tell you for sure that this is... But I I wondered about this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, Then Jesus was led Father God, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we absolutely, without question, need your help, your anointing upon us, Lord, to speak the words that you have spoken. Help us, Lord God, to be challenged tonight by this word, but also help us to be strengthened and to encouraged in our hearts and lives and help us to understand and to realize, Lord God, that we are an important part in your kingdom in this day, in this hour that we live. Lord, it does not matter what is going on around us in, in the, the different climates of our, of our society. But, Lord God, you are still God. And you're still on your throne. And you still desire a people, Lord, that will call out to you. And that will step up, Lord, in volunteer service and say, Here am I, Lord, send me. Father God, may your will be done in all these things and for all of it, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. I don't know if you thought about this, but I thought and often wondered. Now we know that the Spirit led Jesus up into the the wilderness. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights and do not take those verses lightly. He was led by the Spirit. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. But the Bible tells us that he was led there by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Now here's my question. Why in the world did Satan think he had a chance with the Son of God? I mean, we look at the Bible and we we have the privilege of knowing, you know, Genesis through through Revelation. We we have that great privilege of being able to see some of the beginning from the end. We haven't seen it all yet, but we see a lot of things. We understand the prophecies that were talked about Jesus. We understand what the Bible said about his coming to this earth, to be a savior, to be a redeemer. We see the events that take place in his ministry. We watch him, uh, we listen or see him in the Bible, he's crucified. He dies, but on the third day, he rises again. But I wondered, it's like, Lord, why did the devil think he had a chance? But then I got remembered, and I thought about this. In the Old Testament, it talks about Satan himself tried to take God's throne away from him. I'm going, wait a minute. In a, first of all, my thinking is, uh, you're going to... <laughs> I guess maybe because we're human, I, I, maybe i not think of it that way. But sometimes I think, Lord, there is no way in the world that, that what I know about you, there is no way in the world I'm going to argue with you. I mean, I may be not the brightest bulb in this dream, but at least I know better to do that. You know, there's, there's times I'll sit there like I kind of Lord, are you sure about this, this title? And sure he was. But the thing about it was when... When he came to Jesus, he didn't get God to abdicate his throne, but I wonder if somewhere in his thinking he thought, if I can get Jesus to, he's the son, I can I can get in that way. Now, we know how he succeeded with Adam and Eve. He shouldn't have. Adam and Eve should have known, but church, how, how much is the church like Adam and Eve today? How many people sitting in churches on Sunday morning and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and whenever never really realized what God had given them? Let's go back to the garden for a minute, if you will. What happened in the garden? The Bible tells us that the serpent came and began to talk to Adam and Eve. He started with Eve, but the Bible says Adam was right there with her. They were both as guilty as the other one was. Let's, you know, let's settle that argument right here and now. I've heard preachers say, you know, it was the woman's fault. No, it wasn't as much Adam's fault as it was Eve's. He got them to thinking about this, and he got them, he went in there, and he got them both. The thing that I wonder, why didn't they remember that God had given them dominion? God had given Adam and Eve authority over all of the birds of the air, all of the beasts of the field, all of the animals in the sea. They had the authority to tell those animals what to do, when to do, how to do, and where to do. When that serpent showed up, If Eve didn't do it, Adam should have stepped up and said, Look, you need to get your little wiggly self back out of the garden. If you walked in here, you need to walk back out of here. God said not to eat of that tree, and we're not eating. And had push come to shove, they could have hollered, Father God, and he'd have come at an instant, I believe. He showed up. Much to their dismay, much to their sorrow. He did show up because they hid themselves when they heard him walking in the garden. How long had they been in the garden? We don't have any idea. The Bible does not give any occasion. But God had given them authority, and Satan got them to abdicate their position. I hope, Does everybody know what that word abdicate means? <laughs> it means to give it up. When a when king abdicates his throne, he says, Nope, don't want to be king no more. I'm going to go. And it has happened in, in history. We've had people, Nope, don't want to be king. I'm, not, I'm going somewhere else. But Adam and Eve gave up. They gave up the authority. They gave up the position that God had given them. And so now, here he comes again. We know this very well. Jesus had been there 40 days and 40 nights he had fasted and 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 in the wilderness. He was hungry. You try going without food for 40 days. You are gonna be hungry, you're hungry, you know. My mother you say your stomach's gonna think your throat's been cut. <laughs> you know? He was hungry. He was human. He was totally God, totally human but he was hungry. So what's the first thing the devil says? Listen here, if you are the son of God. Now, church, I don't know how you feel about this tonight, but I know, I believe with all of my heart, Satan knew who Jesus was. He knew he was the son of God. What's he trying to get him to do? Trying to get him to show off? If you really are the son of God, make that rock become a piece of bread. It was entirely within Jesus' power, authority, and ability to do. All he had to do is say, rock, come bread. Presto, change It would have done. Just that quick. If he spoke the world in the universe into existence, my wife read me something from some brainy scientist, and I caught a little of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Real deep thinker, a lot of times, but there was one thing about this—the the, the uh, beginning of the universe—that this physicist, I think it was, or something—I can't remember what he was, but he was a real smart scientist guy. But he said, in his opinion, when God spoke the universe into existence and it exploded, it exploded with a heat far greater than anything we have ever seen or has ever been measured in time, I guess. And all all that went through my mind when she read that was this blinding, and we've heard the Big Bang Theory, but all that went through my mind was this, all of a sudden, this super blinding flash of light and the universe began to spin out in its expanse says it was a heat, you know, and the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, I think it is, or, or uh, maybe it's uh, James or, or John or Peter, one of those three, those little epistles that are the to end before the book of Revelation, when he says that the heavens will melt with fervent heat, and I've wondered if it's not going to melt with the same fervent heat that it got created with. Destroyed everything. So he says to Jesus, if you're the son of God, make that rock of bread, make a piece of bread. Then he takes him to the, tem- to the holy city, sets him on the pinnacle of the temple, and says literally, just jump off. Because it's written, okay, Jesus had started, said you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many of you understand the devil understands that he doesn't understand it he does know what the word of God says. He will twist it to destroy, to kill, and steal any way possible. So he says, "Throw yourself up, because it's written." He thinks that, here. He thinks he's got him again. He will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest your foot strike a stone. But Jesus said, "You's also written." You will not put the Lord God to a test. And then the high mountain. And here's the one I have problems believing he would actually have done it had Jesus did this. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and says, If you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give it all to you. What did Jesus later tell us about Satan? He is the a liar and the father of lies. Now, there's two things here that I want us to notice real quick. Satan was offering Jesus a shortcut around the cross. You don't have to do the cross thing. And then whether he knew it was coming or not, I don't know. But here was the deal. I'm going to offer you a shortcut. I can give you all of this. All you got to do is fall down and worship me. But would he really have? You know, if Jesus would tell us later that he's a liar and the father of lies, would he have even done it? But what does Jesus say? Be gone. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So what are we looking at? First thing we need to look at it in this is the adversary or the opposition. The devil. Those that work for him. Those that allow themselves to be used by him people will make the statement, well, I'm not serving the devil, I'm just doing my own thing. Let me tell you a little secret, if you're not doing God's thing, you're doing the devil's thing. You can call it your own thing if you want to, but how come it seems to always go contrary to what God's word says? Oh, I'll be all right. No, you won't. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter writes, Be sober-minded, be watchful, verses 8 and 9. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Verse 9 is important. This is where this comes in. This is where the opposition is. Resist him. Say no. God says not to do that don't make up stuff like eve did well the lord said we couldn't even touch it no he didn't he said you couldn't eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil he didn't tell you not to touch it you know bless her heart and adam just in there uh, he had to be You're just watching her do his thing and it's like step up and be a man tell that's tell that serpent to get out of the garden who knows how things would have been but he says, Paul, Peter tells us, "Who we have an adversary. What is an adversary? It's an enemy. It is someone that is out to do you harm. He's not up to any good whatsoever, never has been, never will be. When he chose to rebel against God in the very back eons of time, whatever that was, He signed himself to that for eternity. And Peter says, you've got an adversary. Wake up and realize it. It was time for the church, not just our church, but every church across this land, across this entire world of ours, needs to realize we're up in a battle. We are in a war. It's a war for souls. It's a war for the lives of men and women and boys and girls. To rescue them out of a place called hell. To rescue them out of the captivity of the devil that is killing and stealing and destroying them. Sister Summer Kaufman posted a deal the other day. I did not realize how bad this fentanyl thing was, but my goodness. This stuff, too, and I think she put M M. they're micro milligrams, too micro milligrams will kill a person. Now, I don't know how much a micromilligram is. I mean, a, you know, a two-milligram pill ain't that big. But a micromilligram is a tenth of the mil- of a milligram? Or is it a thousandth? I can't remember. See, that's another thing. I'm not smart. But anyway, it's a very tiny amount. But it's powerful, and it is killing people by the hundreds. If I remember correctly in the article she posted, It is the number one killer of people between the ages, I think it was, of 18 and 45. Not heart attacks, not car wrecks, not anything else, but fentanyl. Why? Because there's an enemy out there that is doing his best to kill, steal, and destroy. He's an adversary, he's an opponent. Resist him, in verse 9. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. John writes, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. We're not talking about a gently falling and floating down. Cha-boom! Cast out. He is the deceiver. He is a liar. And he is our enemy. Make no doubt about it. There'll be people that'll sit there and say, oh, it, there's nothing to that. That's no big deal. And how many people die and leave this world unprepared to meet God, and Satan laughs at them and says, gotcha, sucker. I don't know if he says it that way or not, but he does. He's got them. He's destroyed them for time and eternity because church let me understand help us to help you to understand this that an eternity without God is not life. It's an existence but it is not living. But I have good news. There is the overcomer. Here is where we understand why we become a threat. This is why Christianity is a threat. This is why Jesus came. This is why he died, because he is the one in this the verses we read to start with in Matthew chapter 4 every time the enemy came up with something Jesus told him no finally on the last one he said get out of here and he, the Bible says if I'm not mistaken even in the King James Version it Bible tells us and Satan left him for a season you know what that means church he came back I didn't watch the movie, but I know it's been, you know, this one phrase Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'll be back. I don't know what the movie's from, couldn't tell you. It doesn't matter. But it's that point, it's I'll be back. Satan will be back. He doesn't give up his fight. We don't need to give up ours. What does the Bible tell us about the overcomer? John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Thank you, Lord. Not. <laughs> but he warned us. He told us. Why? Because the enemy hadn't been kicked out yet. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What a threat. Satan knows it. Church, if there's any one thing that we need to understand that will help us as Christians to be strong is the fact that when Jesus rose from the grave, he signed and sealed once and for all Satan's destruction. Paul will write, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because Jesus is the overcomer. Jesus is the one who saves us by his blood, by faith in his his sacrifice, by faith in Jesus, we overcome the world. So stand strong. He said, take heart. Kind of reminds me of what he told Joshua there when Moses had died. Moses, Joshua, be of good courage. Take heart because just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Jesus gives us even greater promise than that. Jesus says, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He also tells us, I will never leave you or forsake you. It doesn't matter. I, I look, and Sister Linda, I'm not picking on you, but Sister Linda probably she, probably would have a tough time, you know, with, with hard, strenuous things, you know. She's not a muscle lady, okay? She's a nice, petite, you know, just real quiet like Sister Linda. But let me tell you something. Sister Linda, you are as much a threat to the devil as any other born-again child of God in this house or any across this world. The devil doesn't like you. The devil doesn't care for you. Well, that's his problem. That's a sounds like a personal problem to me. Why? Because I, I am in him. Notice what he says in Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed. Notice that word. He disarmed. Some brilliant person... I don't remember now who it was, I saw it on Facebook, so it may or may not have been true. I said, well, they ought to take all these AR-15s these Americans got and give them Ukrainians so they can fight the Russians. And somebody posted, what do you think we got the Second Amendment for? Why? Because it's a battle. Now, our weapons are not are not AR-15s or, or whatever, 12-gauge shotgun or whatever. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Notice he said he, who? Jesus disarmed them. He disarmed rulers and authorities. Who was he talking about? He was talking about the devil and all of those that work for him. I'm reminded of what the the, the uh, seven sons of Skeva, when they went to try to cast out a demon of some guy. We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the demon looked at them and said, "Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Understand this, church." If he said that about Paul we don't, you know and I'm I'm as bad as anybody else I think maybe sometimes I put Paul on too high a pedestal Paul said look I'm just I'm not anybody I'm just a slave for Jesus And that's all we are we're slaves for him but we are just we have the ability and the right to be as powerful as the apostle Paul was if we want to be I'm reminded of the verse, and I can't remember. I can't tell you exactly where it's at. But Paul says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you are able to ask or think. And then he inserts this little phrase in there, according to the power that's working in you. Hmm. Sounds like i got to do some stuff on my own, too. But Jesus, he said, verse 15, he disarmed rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He's our overcomer. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, one of the elders said to me, weep no more, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. John saw a scroll that no man could open and it bothered him. And he weeped. What does he say? The elder said, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. He conquered. Because he conquered, you and I conquer. We are, Paul says this, well, our victory is the next thing I want you to look at. I'm fixing to go right to that. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What does that mean? Here's what it means to me. Here's what I see it saying. Paul is telling us, not only do I have authority over Satan, not only do I have authority over the the demon principalities and powers that are out in the world, but I have the ability to reach out and snatch those that the devil has in captivity and bring them out of the captivity that he has them ensnared in. We have the privilege, we have the authority in Jesus' name to break the bondages of addiction, to break the bondages of oppression, to break whatever thing is holding them in captivity. We as the church... And I know I'm not just talking to just those of us that are here tonight, but as those, as Sister Caroline were talking earlier this morning, this word, as it goes out, is going to touch the hearts and lives of men and women and boys and girls that are going to hear it and realize we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. He's rooting us on. I kind of think about Stephen when they were stoning him. Oh, don't you know that really made those people stoning him really happy when he looks up to heaven and says, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. Why do you think that was? I think it was, my personal opinion, I think it was Jesus was going, boy, Stephen, I appreciate it. You're doing good. Yeah, he's being stoned to death. But he stood, I think, in acknowledgement of what he was doing because of his commitment to Jesus Christ. Well, what if it cost me my friends? Well, if it costs you your friends, are you sure those are the kind of friends you need to have? Now, it doesn't mean, church, do not misunderstand me. It doesn't mean that we're not supposed to be out in the world living this Christian life because how else are they going to know? How else are they going to understand if they do not see us living it in front of them? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Little children, John says this. Little just stop and think about. This don't, one of these things is just kind of, why did he call them little children? Think about little Timothy. You know, Mr. Bounce Off the Walls. <laughs> you know, mom and dad get, I know they get aggravated at him. But you tell that child something, and you promise that little boy something, you better make good on it. What did Jesus say, unless you become like little children, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. I got to believe what he says and believe it wholeheartedly and completely. But John says to them, little children, you are from God. Sometimes I think I try to, most of my praying, especially with my wife and I, I try to pray the scriptures. I'm thinking I'm going to have, I need to add that one. We are from God. Well, just who do you think you are? Well, I happen to know I'm from God. Because it's his life that lives with me. The life I live, Paul said, by the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. My life comes from God. My life comes by knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord. I am from God. Physically, He created us, He made us who we are. I look around this room and I see different faces. They look different. There's faces, they got two eyes, they got a nose, they got a mouth, but they're all different. They're not shaped the same. They don't look the same. I see brown hair and I see gray hair and I see some with little hair and some with a lot of hair. But we're all the same. We are made in the image of God. When God created man, what does it say? Let us make man in our own image. Why do you think the devil hates us? Because we look like God. And John tells us, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Get a hold of that, church. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. It's a pretty simple statement. Pretty profound if you'll let it be there. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The last scripture tonight, our victory. And I heard a loud voice in heaven from Revelation chapter 12 verses 10 and 11. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. We're a threat. We're a threat to Satan. We're not a threat to our neighbor. We're not a threat to humanity. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, I believe it is, when he talks about taking on the whole armor of God, he said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your neighbor is not your enemy. They may be as, what's a good word to put it? Honorary as sin, and I'll put that in the light. I'll kind of lighten it a little bit. They may be evil as sin, but they're not your enemy. They may be wicked as the day is long, but they're not your enemy. Who is? The one who has them in captivity the one who controls their evil thinking, the one who controls their evil ways, the one to whom they have allowed themselves to become a slave. What does Paul say? He who practices sin is the servant of sin. You can say it however you want to, but he says they overcome, they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony And they love not their lives, even unto death. We are more than conquerors. We are a threat to the devil, and he knows it. Doesn't make any difference if there's five of us or 500,000 of us. We're still a threat. We're just a bigger one. But it makes no difference. I'm reminded of the verse that said, One puts a 1,000 to flight. Two... Puts ten thousand to flight. And if you stop and think about that, what does he do? You add another one. Three puts a hundred thousand to flight. He or is it, nor is it a million. I have my brain's not good enough to think because I know he's multiplying by ten thousand. If one puts a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight. That means that the, the two have more. You know, it gets a lot bigger. Are you, you add another 10? No, I'd have to put it on paper and figure it out. But anyway, it's a bunch. What's he talking about? We as children of God, where two or three shall agree as touching any one thing, the Bible says it shall be done. And church, that's his word. God help us to get a hold of it, stand on it, and act on it. Not just us, but anyone watching that hears this message, let us get a hold of that, stand on it, act on it, and be what god wants us to be to be the threat of christianity we're not here to destroy nations it has been my what well, i my understanding that when good revivals begin to take place the crime rate drops when god begins moving the bad people get saved can i tell you something very nicely don't pray that the guy over here loses his business pray he gets saved don't pray that the bar will burn down pray that the owner gets saved Are these, you know, they're not good things. But, church, if we get them saved, if we can get the gospel to them, if we can get them to the point where they realize Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, yeah. he'll shut it down. That guy will shut it down and get, oh, I'm in the wrong business. i got to get out of it. Yeah. It's happened before it can happen again. We have to be the church. We have to be the threat to the devil and walk, walk in that every day. And God will honor it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I trust and pray that everyone here tonight is a Christian. But if not, you have an opportunity to make that thing, make that for sure in your heart and life if you don't know for sure. Give you a moment if you're here tonight and you want this victory. You want to know this overcomer. You want to be a threat to the devil. You want to quit living the life you're living because you don't like it, because you don't enjoy it, and you know it's not good for you. There is a Redeemer. His name is Jesus. He is the one who overcame for us to start with, and it's by him and through him and in him that we overcome. There's no other way around it. If you're here tonight, you need to know him as Savior and Lord of your life just raise your hand. If you're watching this tonight or if you're watching this somewhere down uh, future time from now, you see you're watching this uh, on our website or, or on this the, the Facebook uh, page that we have. Jesus is your overcomer. He died so that you can have life. And I urge you tonight I urge you, whenever you hear this, whenever you watch this, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm tired of the life I'm living. I know it's not good for me. I know it's not right. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Save me and wash me in your blood. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived. you died, you rose again. That I could have eternal life through you. And I ask you to come into my heart now in Jesus' name. And He will. You'll be a new creation. And when you do, find you a Bible believing church that will strengthen you and guide you and direct you in your walk. Church, for us tonight, we may not feel very significant, it doesn't matter. Do you think David felt very significant when he walked out there with, with Goliath? Goliath is, what, over nine feet tall, they say. And David's a little boy. David was a so small, Goliath made fun of him. What do you think I am, a dog? Are you going to beat me with a stick? David had a secret weapon. He said, You come to me with your sword and your spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and he will deliver you into my hands. And he did. Church, you're a threat. Now, I'm not saying it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We need to be a threat to the devil. The devil needs to know I, I that church, I don't like that church because they keep stealing my captives. That's exactly what God called us to do. I invite you to a time of prayer tonight. And let's ask God to help us. Can you be our threat? Sister Linda. let's just stand if y'all don't mind let's stand together and join the prayer yes. pray for sister linda mcgahan tonight for sleep for a peace that passes all understanding it's difficult it has to be very difficult i don't know how long her and hubert were married but over 20 something years that that's a long time and it's got to be very difficult so I, I think it would be good. And I'd ask you to pray that you would pray about being the threat to the devil. We ought to be as church. But let's take Linda before the Lord tonight, and let's just really touch God, for her, touch God for her. Father, as we come to you tonight, we thank you, Lord, that we are a threat to the devil. Lord, we know that you would take the circumstances of a passing of a husband Lord, and, you, and we know that the enemy would like to take that
1: and just tear.